0: On 630 Chad. Julia Wong, an investigative reporter at Global News, you all know her. Uh, She filed a story about an Edmonton woman who was baffled and concerned uh, that her identity had been stolen and used to purchase a luxury vehicle worth more than $100,000. And the story just really caught my attention. And I wanted to talk to Julia about it and sort of share it with all of you. And she joins me on the phone now. Hey, Julia. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. And thanks for doing this. I know you're having a busy afternoon. So, for those who didn't have an opportunity to see it on Global News or or read the article, uh, can you just sort of tell us the story of this Edmonton woman?
1: Sure. So, this woman's name is Mola Johnson, and um, I heard about her through someone in our newsroom. And she had become quite confused and concerned after she started receiving all these letters in her mailbox. Essentially telling her that there was now this luxury vehicle, a 2018 Jaguar Range Rover Sport that was bought in her name in Langley, BC. But the thing is, she never bought it. She's never gone to BC. And she was just very confused about why this is happening um she had received some documents from scotia bank thanking her for buying a new car thanking her for um for a loan and telling her, her monthly payments and she had never signed up for a loan at scotia bank so it was just a big mystery to her and um and you know we often hear about these stories related to identity theft identity fraud but this was just something on a whole other scale and and magnitude of issue that we never covered before. So that's why we wanted to bring it to the attention of Edmontonians.
0: Exactly. And that's what I said off the top of the show a moment ago I was talking to Morley Scott and I said, you know, we've all, well, I don't know that we all have, I mean, identity theft is becoming more prevalent than it was before, but I have from time to time, as have my kids, spotted a charge on our credit card that we went, hey, wait a minute, what's that charge? And it's been quickly reversed and in some cases they've, you know, replaced the credit card with a new number or whatever. And you kind of wonder how that happened. Um, but you sort of pictured that they've got some algorithm, some, you know, some method by which they generated and got lucky or whatever. Um, or you know, maybe somebody skimmed your card. But it's never a $100,000 luxury vehicle. And now she didn't bank with Scotiabank, period, right? So it, the information didn't come, the, the breach couldn't have been Scotiabank.
1: Right. So she uh, actually banks with a a different bank. And when she got this letter from Scotiabank, at first she was like, well, I don't bank with them. What could they even be reaching out to me about? And that's when she read those words, you know, congratulations on your new vehicle purchase. And that's what triggered the, you know, uh uh-oh moment in her mind. Um, And what we've learned through the course of, you know, reaching out to Scotiabank, reaching out to the dealership, talking to RCMP, and obviously speaking with MOLA, it's still really isn't clear exactly what happened now Mola believes that potentially you know she has her mailbox outside she thinks that maybe someone took uh, an electricity bill from her mailbox and obviously that has you know her name that has some personal information her address and all that stuff on there that with a combination of other things potentially could have led to this person taking on her identity and then you know, making this purchase, getting that loan, everything in her name.
0: So, but here's where, you know, and this is the reason I really wanted to talk to you uh, because I know you would have asked these questions. So, um, you know, if somebody, like I say, skims my card or gets my number and makes a purchase, it's typically done online and delivered somewhere and, you know, or they buy a gift card and then, you know, find some way to, you know, sort of launder that money a little bit but you can't possibly buy a $100,000 luxury vehicle without walking into the dealership.
1: Yeah, so the biggest questions for us were, you know, how is it possible that this could have happened? Like, aren't there checks and balances that would prevent something like this from happening? And, you know, we didn't really get the answers that that completely satisfied us because it seems no one is completely sure what may have happened, what may have went wrong along the way. You know, talking to the dealership, um, they said that, their employee followed all those right procedures that they are supposed to follow. They took down all the information that appeared to be valid to them, and that followed um, the, the you know, the things that they're supposed to be doing at the dealership. So on, on their end, everything looks legitimate to them. Um, and as for the bank, you know, I asked them, how is it possible that this could have happened? Like, aren't you supposed to have certain things that you need in place if you want to get such a such a large loan if you're going after such a high-end luxury purchase. And for them, again, you know, what they reiterated to us was, well, you know, no financial institution is completely immune to fraud, Hmm. which was a very interesting response. And, you know, obviously that is true, um, but it is very difficult and hard for people to swallow that type of news that maybe, you know, there isn't really anything that could be done um, at times when it comes to something like
0: this. Well, that's just it, Julia, because I thought about it and it was sort of a bit of an eye-opener for me. Like I said, you know, I read a ton of articles every day to prepare for this show and every now and then one of them just jumps out and I I say, I want to know more about this. I got thinking about it and I got thinking about how one of the sales tools of car dealerships in general is, you know, we can get you approved right away and you you can drive the car away tonight and it's always about fast, 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 right? But that means... That somebody at the car dealership is basically, you know, verifying that you are who you say you are, and then at that point passing on that information to their preferred lenders, and the lender is assuming that that paperwork's been done correctly and the identity's been verified. Um, I've not heard of a circumstance like this before, but, I mean, do we know that somebody sat across a desk from somebody at a dealership and showed them identification?
1: We do know that there was an individual that brought identification with this Edmonton woman's name and you know all that personal contact information all that was there there was someone physically in the dealership um who who went in and and talked to someone and from what we understand from RCMP like the dealership has been very cooperative with RCMP you know they're they're working with them to try and figure this out but um in regards to your question you know Anything could happen, it seems like, when it comes to something like this, especially when someone gets their hands on your personal information.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is just a bigger leap than I've seen in the past and hopefully not a trend. So, in the end, who's going to be responsible for this $100,000 vehicle?
1: The good thing is that Mola, the woman whose identity was, was taken in this case, she won't be held liable for any of that in cases where there is fraud you know, um, that gets taken care of. She won't have to repay that loan. She doesn't have to deal um, in regards to you know, paying back the $100,000 for this vehicle, but obviously it's been a very big headache for her. Um, and in speaking with the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, that gets taken care of, but obviously through the course of something like this, you know her credit gets impacted and and there are lots of security and safety concerns so there are just more things that she has to do more loopholes that she will have to jump through in the future when it comes to protecting her credit and making those other large purchases
0: so i suppose you know uh, at the end of the day because that's a whole other topic so i suppose at the end of the day it would be what the dealer's insurance company i mean somebody has to or they have to find the culprit and recover the car
1: I mean, ideally, that would be the best case situation because there is someone out there driving this really expensive vehicle with everything in her name, they're not paying for it um, because she received letters saying that those payments um, hadn't been coming in for that loan. So ideally, if RCMP are able to figure out who this person is and then hold them responsible to it, there would be charges and laid in that case.
0: So, and I'm sure you spoke uh, when you spoke to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, but I I wonder if she's aware now, uh, and I've had a circumstance like this, not like this, but where credit's been flagged. I was actually saying before I got you on the line, I was part of a Breach with uh, with some with the CBC is actually who it was. So uh, they paid for five years of uh, Equifax to check uh, for unusual activity on my account. But what I found is while my credit's still good, I have to jump a, a couple of additional hoops every time that credit is challenged or or I apply for anything or or that kind of thing. She must be wondering, as any of us would. Well, is he going to go, or is he or she going to go take out a credit card, or is he or she going to... I mean, if you start at $100,000, what aren't you prepared to do with this identity?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, what Mola did after she got in touch with uh, first EPS here and then RCP and Langley is she put these fraud alerts on her account. It sounds like similar to maybe what you may have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively, anytime someone checks her credit or is asking for her credit, she herself will get a call on only her phone. Yep. And then she can go ahead and verify, yes, it's me, or no, that's not me, don't do that. <laughs> so at least there is in this particular case Now there is some type of check and balance with that.
0: Well, that's good. So in the end, in your investigative uh, reporting, how rare is a story like this one?
1: So funnily enough, in speaking with the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, they told me that it actually isn't rare at all. They didn't have specific numbers in regards to vehicles, but they were telling me they have dealt with Similar situations where someone's personal information got taken, and you know someone bought a, in this case, like high-end vehicle. But there are other cases where people got mortgages or got other huge loans and and other large purchases. So it isn't totally out of the blue, which is a little terrifying, um, but definitely something that people need to be keeping in mind when they have, you know, their personal sensitive information
0: around. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've had experts in this field on the show before, and one of the suggestions they've made in general is to keep an eye on your online accounts from time to time, which we all do. Uh, Check your credit uh, from time to time to look for that kind of activity. But man, like I say, Julia, this story, I read it and had to read it again. My jaw dropped when I read it, it was it's a not a good story, but it was a uh, it was great reporting. Thank you so much for, uh, for sort of giving us more of the details. I appreciate it.
1: All right, thank you for having me. All right,
0: great. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with
1: Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.